we have to approach it with that same generosity of spirit, right? Like there's enough room at the energy table for everyone to eat. It is something we all need. It is like a fundamental human need and right. And any way that we can produce more clean, accessible versions of energy in every form, I'm in. Hello and welcome to On The Grid, Z Prime's podcast about important issues regarding energy, cities, and much more. I'm your host, Ricky Murray, and today we're catching some rays and piecing together energy's future with Solar Austin. Are you ready to get on the grid? This week we're diving into all things solar with the fabulous executive director of Solar Austin, Tatiana Cannon. We'll be talking about the mission of Solar Austin, how it's making a difference in its community, and what you can do to get involved. But wait. I've got more, don't worry. We'll also be dishing about how our past experiences have helped shape our current careers. From the ups and downs to the unexpected turns, we're spilling it all. So buckle up, because we're about to take you on a ride through the world of solar energy and professional growth. Get ready to be inspired, informed, and entertained, because it's time to get on the grid. Hello and welcome to On The Grid. Joining me today is Tatiana Cannon, Executive Director of Solar Austin. Tatiana, welcome to On The Grid. How are you this morning? Hey, I'm so good. I'm so glad to be here with you having some fun conversations about renewables. Of course. And you have plants in your background. Are you a plant queen? Oh my gosh. A queen of all other living organisms. I also have a cat. Derriere behind me. Yeah, plants, cats, there's a dog somewhere. Many of them may enter this conversation. But yeah, I'm I'm a desperately aspiring plant queen, Uh indoor and outdoor. Every time I meet gardeners, I'm like, tell me your secrets. What do you grow here? But yeah, we'll see. I'll bring you something from my garden sometime, or maybe I'll just randomly drop a house plant on your porch. We'll Um... see. Don't don't play games with me. I have a plant Instagram, actually, where I (gasps) document all my plants throughout my apartment. I have to follow it right now. Yes. um, At plant underscore and simple. I document my plant journeys there. This Um, is beautiful. What an endeavor. Yes. Yes. So I I live I, I live in a place that has a lot of sunlight. And so the plants, you know, plants love sunlight. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a weird setup where basically one wall of my house is windows. So if you walk into my home, you're sort of aggressively confronted with plants. <laughs> but ah. then as you go throughout, it's there's a lot more darkness. I need to get some air plants. Anyway, I'm yes. I'm so sad to just be learning about this Instagram of yours, but so happy to yes. be able to give it a shout out because, again, what a beautiful endeavor. Yeah, we have so much more to talk about. We do, we do. So plants, like we said, plants love sunlight. uh, So I think it's a really good segue into Solar Austin, perhaps. Um, What a segue. (laughs) Right. So tell us a little bit about yourself. uh, Set the stage for us. You know, talk to me about Solar Austin and um, you. Yeah. So, hey, I'm Tatiana. (laughs) I'm actually new-ish to Austin. I would still consider myself new Um, moved to Austin almost 
three years ago, two and a half years ago, was doing some consulting at the time. And my partner actually sent me the job opportunity at Solar Austin. I am the first ever executive director. So uh, it's it's been a lot like launching a startup in the nonprofit sphere, which has been a really fun professional challenge. And um, Solar Austin exists. It actually started in 2002. And the goal was really advancing solar equity. So working really close with the utility, Austin Energy, and others in the surrounding areas to push for affordable solar policies. And, uh, you know, 21 years later, and uh, one executive director in um, our mission remains that we hope to accelerate the transition to clean renewable energy throughout Central Texas. Um, and with that, we want to expand access to the benefits of solar to everyone to mitigate climate change um, and also while creating a healthy community and support for a strong local economy. So that's Solar Austin. Nice. So I'm an Austinite. Um well, I'm not an Austinite anymore. I actually just moved to Dallas um, two weeks ago. Um, but I'm Austin born and raised for, for 32 years. Um, so, you know, I'm pretty familiar with Solar Austin just being around. Um, how how did it begin? Yeah, great question. Also, say hi to Dallas for me. Oh, I have course, so many great course. college <laughs> memories of the DFW area. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Solar Austin started, it was truly volunteer led and run for about 20 years. Um, it started to advance equitable solar policy. And that was really grassroots work, you know, it was individuals that came together and worked really closely with Austin Energy and others to say, what does like an aggressively solar supportive utility look like. And frankly, Austin Energy has continued to really be a model of um, renewables and accessibility. And uh, from that, you know, we, like any good group, we started doing happy hours. And so, Naturally. Uh, yeah. So Team insert, Exactly. So insert like a decade of that. Um, we're really the community the solar community specifically was gathering and sharing best practices, watching the industry grow. You know, that was a time of a lot of solar industry growth throughout central Texas, all of Texas, really the whole world. Um, and we heard a lot of feedback from companies. We, I wasn't there. My predecessors, whose shoulders I stand upon, um, heard a lot of feedback about this workforce is growing really quickly and we just can't keep up with demand human capital. So that launched one of our major programs, which is our internship placement program called Pathways to Clean Energy Careers. That began in 2019, um, and then a pandemic happened, but the the program stayed strong, switched to remote opportunities and virtual, and continues to this day. And we've continued gathering uh, industry feedback, communicating with our partners throughout Central Texas, and we've had a couple of offshoots of programs from there as well. So that's a bit of our origin story, a long answer, but I mean, I had to just pack 20 years into, yeah. what was that like 90 seconds? So I, <laughs> that well, was, was like a decent. Yeah, it was impressive. It was impressive. You did a great job. So, yes. so tell, so let's talk a little more recent. So if you had to say 
if you had to give maybe like one recent success that um, you're super proud of that Solar Austin has done maybe over the last couple months, what would that be? Yeah. So one um, program that we have launched is we do uh, what we call our community installations program. So uh, the IRA has changed things a bit, but previously and still, it is really difficult for nonprofits to reap the benefits, the, the tax benefits specifically of having a solar installation on their buildings. And so we had the opportunity to swoop in and it, develop a program where we partner with nonprofits in really under-resourced areas of Austin we install some solar on their roof and that creates a resiliency hub in a local community, but also, you know, shows what's possible in terms of, um, you know, just the accessibility of solar. I People always say solar is contagious. And once you see it somewhere, you're like, wait, could I have that? And mm-hmm. it is getting more affordable. It is um, getting more accessible. And we want that resiliency in communities that in times of community disaster are the last to get their power back or, you know, whatever it may be. And so we're so proud that We've been able to install solar on a number of nonprofits, and we actually have another one coming up. We're partnering with um, Guadalupe Neighborhood Development, and we're going to install some solar on one of their community gathering spaces there. So another great opportunity to put some solar on affordable housing, and even if it's just limited to cell phone charging and refrigeration of urgent goods and needs, whatever it is in times of disaster. We hope those things can make a huge difference. And we're really proud of that. And we hope to do more of it um, because we need solar everywhere. Come on. We do. That's that's awesome. And, you know, Texas is a great place for solar with our beautiful flat lands and big sun and listen, (laughs) it's ripe for it. Let's just get solar and wind farms everywhere. Texas was made for this. Right, we should we should be the renewable like. I know here. we fight with <laughs> California about everything else. Why can't we fight about this? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> this would be a good fight. <laughs> exactly. So you mentioned workforce development as an area for Solar Austin that is maybe a new focus for you uh, and an area that you're really thriving in. So. As we have a new generation coming into the workforce, you know, as Gen Z is entering and now becoming like active workforce members across the energy space, we, you know, we even have a Gen Z member in Congress. What advice do you have for the energy industry when you're working with this new emerging talent coming in? That is such a great question. First of all, I love Gen Z. I am a Gen Z stan. I am here for their energy. They're here to save us. That's what I'm saying. And I also feel I am 36 years old at present. And I believe the proper terming for my age group is that we're geriatric millennials. Mm -hmm. So listen, I, I do not like absolve myself of the mess that we have created for Gen Z to clean up. I'm just trying to keep that like garage door open and be like, yeah, come on. I'm very sorry. I baked you some cookies. Like, <laughs> forgive me. Help. Help. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, but no, I think the thing that I have, uh, I get to, I get to work really closely with Gen Z. Um, 
reoccurring really, but three times a year, I get to actually do interviews for potential interns. Um, And man, I think the biggest thing that I've realized is they are extremely capable. They are extremely savvy. And what they don't know, they are very willing to find out for themselves, right? Like they are the YouTube generation. They'll look it up. They'll find the answer. So I think helping identify those interests that Gen Z has, which spoiler alert, all of them are interested in climate. It's like literally hard. Literally. Like I have an interview question of like, what interests you in clean energy and why are you applying for this program? And all of them in no uncertain terms are like, well, this is like the only thing to be done so that we have an earth to live on. And I'm like, yeah, yes. (laughs) We have to save the world. (laughs) Exactly. And they're like collectively and individually committed in ways that are really refreshing, but also sadly really foreign to me. Um, But I talk to students that are, across all sectors of interest, you know, I might be talking to an engineer or marketing student or anything in between. And the hook for them is taking care of the planet and clean, renewable energy sources, because to them, that's like the only option. And as soon as you have found that connection point that I have found them to be extremely hardworking, extremely passionate, brilliant, frankly, and I don't care if they're using chat GPT to like, get me what I need, like, it's factually accurate and they're doing a great job. Cool. And they're, you know? and they're proofreading it. They're making it yeah. their own. See, that's like, that's all I can ask for. It's probably better than my college essays were. So yeah, I would say if it's, if I don't know if I'd call it advice, but once you can find that interest intersection, the rest is gravy. I mean, I find Gen Z really easy to manage, really capable, really talented. Um, Shout out to our Congress member who's holding his own. Like, I think that is a great example that you mentioned in the question of someone who's just so capable and so savvy. And I won't curse a real no BS sort of communicator. (laughs) Um, And that's beautiful. That's brilliant. And that is what we need to continue moving forward and to absolve some of the things we've done to damage this earth and to make it that much better. And I think clean, renewable energy is a huge part of that. You know, some of the best interns we've had at Z Prime have actually come from the Solar Austin program, uh, and they have been Gen Z talent. And uh, one of them was on my team specifically. So I can, you know, really speak to the truth. We love to hear it. Yes. Yes. So... I'm very familiar with working with Gen Z because I worked in education prior to energy. Um, I was a dance instructor for 10 years at a high school outside of Austin. And I still think that's one of the most (laughs) hilarious and interesting things about you. But, you know, I also you dance dance. I feel like, you know. No, dance makes sense, but the fact that you were willing to step into a gap in a school and be like, that's fine. I can run the program when you were like barely out of the program. I'm just like, it is simultaneously so you and just so bold that I'm like, I know someone that did that. That's wild. (laughs) You know, that's the, that's the trajectory of my life. When I was in your book in high school for one year and I walked in and the teacher was like, does anyone want to be 
the editor of the yearbook from last year who was here and nobody raised their hand. And so and you I were like, I hand. can. Like, I was like, okay. I'll do it. I was like, I know Photoshop and um, InDesign. I can do it. Um, and she was like, you weren't even in your book last year. Um, but then I became the editor but of listen, the yearbook. Exactly. Of course you did. And I'm sure it was, if I want to see that yearbook. I bet it was brilliant. Noted. Noted. <laughs> so that, that being said, so, you know, we all kind of have like a little past to us. I'm not an energy professional that's been in been in it since I started my professional career. Have you? Have you always worked in this nonprofit energy space? Or what did you do before Solar Austin? Oh, bless the question. No, is the short answer. I have not always worked in this space. It's been a fascinating journey. Um, and I'll do my best to keep it short. So uh, I, I guess a great place to start is I was the first person in my family to attend college. And uh, I had no idea what I was doing. And I I definitely felt aware at the time that I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and I was very open to suggestion and willing to work hard. But I think like any first-gen college student, you're just, you don't know what you don't know. And you're figuring it out as you go. So I actually um, got my undergraduate degree in classics and letters, which is very as liberal arts as you can get. I skipped a grade in it was kindergarten. Mm -hmm. So like, let's not get too excited. (laughs) Okay. But but what that means for like markers of age is that I graduated high school at 17, my undergraduate at 21, and I got my master's by age 23. My master's is actually an adult in higher education. And I think, again, like, it's sort of a first-gen journey. Like, when I was in high school, I was like, I could work in a high school. And then when I was in college, I was like, I can work at a college. (laughs) But it's really more of just like, oh, that's a job. I didn't know that until now. And so I initially, at the ripe age of 23, was essentially a life coach. Uh, I was working at the University of Oklahoma. I know, boo, but boo, (laughs) sooner. (laughs) No, tough crowd. Um, And uh, that's where both my degrees are from. Spoiler alert. So, uh, yeah, I I felt very capable to do the job. And that was it was a retention retention effort at the university. And uh, the way it played out practically, though, was really more of like a counselor. Like I was meeting with students regularly, hearing what was impacting their ability to persist to graduation. I saw a lot of myself and a lot of them. And that's when I started to learn more of the nuance of what education does as a difference maker, but also as a a system that isn't built for everyone. And I had always been passionate about education. So I went to my manager at the time and let him know that I didn't feel like At age 23, I had the chops to be a life coach. And he said, you know, you would be a great fundraiser. And I was like, cool, never heard of it. Let's do that. And so that's when I learned what that is. And I worked in university life, did some healthcare fundraising, some arts fundraising. I spent a big bulk of my fundraising career at Teach for America pulling that education passion in and yeah. And I also, that's where I got a lot of policy. Um, Oh my gosh. Baptism by fire, if you will, got to participate (laughs) uh, in Oklahoma while there was a teacher walkout. Um, And obviously our teachers on the front lines um, advocating for 
just better everything. And uh, after doing that, I essentially worked myself out of a job. Um, I started consulting. I think at this point, I'm like 27, 28. I feel slightly better about teaching people to do things <laughs> rather you're, than your life coaching now. <laughs> I mean, I guess still with like, you know, real kid gloves. Um, and so I got to do a lot of cool work for through that and continue that to present. I still do some consulting on the side. Um, between those two, I worked at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. I had sort of actively divorced myself from education. Um because it hurt. It broke my heart to raise money for a system that was still really failing our kids. And I'm one of those crazy people that really thinks you can change the world. Um, and which I is not crazy, which is not crazy. I mean, noted. It's, ex it's exhausting. If I'll give it a title yes. there, not crazy. Let's not <laughs> use that C word. Um, but yeah, so I, I gave it a go in healthcare again. And uh, then I was looking around and really, I had met a guy and had moved to Memphis. And I started partnering with a nonprofit that was focused on composting. And I started looking around. And I was like, I think my passion is in like, how are we caring for the earth? Like, okay, you tried. You didn't fix education in the United States. That's okay, girl. <laughs> like you gave it your best <laughs> shot. Now let's see if we can mitigate all impacts of climate change. But was doing that through a number of, number of arenas. And then as I shared earlier, got to Austin, was sent this job. It was really, uh, the interview was me being like, hey, I'm new to Austin, new-ish to solar. I would like to be the executive director of Solar Austin. Yeah? Are so somehow, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so somehow that, that proposal is accepted. And here I am a couple of years later. I have no idea what's next. I, I definitely believe that in the launching of a startup, something that's always been top of mind for me is I might be the leader to sort of build this and to toddler stage. And then I think new leadership, I always want to open the door again for Gen Z talent, for whoever mm -hmm. has the skills and the abilities to uh, equitably lead in the nonprofit space. Um, I look forward to doing some more fundraising and finding that person and seeing what's next. But yeah, that was a very long yeah. story to say. I did not start there. I'm still new-ish to it. Um, I'm still faking it. Recently explained generally the operations of like a PV panel to an engineer. And at the end, he was like, that made a ton of sense. And I was like, well, I'm <laughs> going to tell my mom you said that. <laughs> like, Look at her now. So I've done it. Yeah, exactly. But no, I, I also think that I hope that story, you know, serves as examples to others. My my career advice is always like your next step is just a step. You know, it's yeah. it's not going to be hopefully your final step. You just got to take one step. It's okay. You'll it'll it'll make sense. Maybe you'll be thirty six sitting on a couch recording a podcast talking about how you got here. But you know, it'll yeah, right. it'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so okay, stop. Stop everything right now. Um, you've had quite the career journey. Um, so, you know, I think it's wild because for me, as I listen to your career journey, it's almost as if 
you have taken some of the best parts of all of the jobs that you've liked and had and kind of harnessed them all into this one executive director, Solar Austin, queen of Austin. (laughs) Something. Let's not promote me too quickly. (laughs) No, that's, it's so funny you put it that way. That's exactly what it is. And, um, when my husband first sent me the job posting, his exact words were like, this literally seems oddly like everything you've done in the past. Um, but yeah, I never expected, you know, the work I was doing right after I got my master's working really intensely with college students. I don't think I ever expected to go back to that. But now I do through our internship program. And it is probably my favorite part of the job. Um I, I did policy stuff in the past. I helped with uh, universal Medicaid in Oklahoma, legalizing marijuana, a couple of other like nonpartisan, bipartisan campaigns. And I tell you what, those like aren't my passion necessarily, but now I'm like back in the policy sphere um, in a bit of a safer bubble, you know, in a topic that is less controversial and more an obvious choice. Um So, yeah, there's so many components, even just executive management, you know, um, setting up, like launching a startup, setting up a nonprofit to function. Those are things I did as a consultant that I could like give someone a prescription and say like, good luck. May the force be with you. You got this. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You're going to do great. Um, But now having the ownership of that as an individual and thinking about how you're setting up an organization for success in the future and how you're doing that equitably. And yeah, there's so much that I never expected to like hearken into one role. And my friends think I'm crazy. Like, I don't think anyone really knows what I do. And then if they're visiting or they're like, what was that call about? I'm like, it's a long story. Um, (laughs) I don't even know where to begin. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But you know, it's like, I, I, at the risk of sounding like some kind of way, it's wild because I'm often like, man, of course they hired me. It's so wild. (laughs) Like these things that they're like, do you know how to do this? I'm like, I do. I did that for a few years. Let me brush (laughs) up on that. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. And I do think it has been probably one of the first times in my life when it makes a little bit more sense. You know, Mm -hmm. where you're like, oh, all of those decisions that I feel like I was falling backwards into, now I'm like facing forward, like, you know how to do this. So for all those like first gen women of color out there that are like, what is happening? One day you might wake up and it will make sense. For me, it took until I was like 34. Take your time. I, I still don't know what comes next. Ask me again in 10 years. Maybe I still don't know. But sometimes you wake up and you know what you're doing. So that's fun. You know, there are two things that stand out to me about all of this. And it's, I don't want to say you have improv profession, but um, you've said like yes. Like a little, a little bit though. Yeah. Right. Like you've said yes. Like I to... guess and my way through. Correct. And the second thing to add to it is the ability to say yes and and then pull through, I think stems from a certain level, I guess, of confidence that I always tell people, honestly, if you say it with enough confidence, they'll believe you. 
Like, right? I say this too about access to areas. I'm like, listen, if you walk through that door with confidence, they're gonna assume you're supposed to be there. It's literal. a real, like, actual <laughs> life advice, but real metaphor. Yeah, I yes, mean, that's... you've lived that, you know, from yeah. your lips to God's ear. <laughs> apparently, it works. And I think you know, the two of us, we can't be alone in that, right? I agree. I agree. I, I I always say rules are a light suggestion. They're just a little framework. <laughs> Thank you. And I mean, there's always the, you know, permission forgiveness. Some right. rules perhaps are better formatted for being like, oops, didn't know about that rule. Do you forgive me? Oopsie. You know, it's just a dance. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, oh, so, okay. I could talk to you all day and my whole, and honestly, it would complete my life. Um, I mean, same, so much same. However, I do have one final question for you. Uh, it's one of our favorite questions that we ask everyone. And it is, drum roll. I don't even have a drum. <laughs> there you go. Um, what does the word energy mean to you? I love this question. I love that it's the outro. Um, energy to me is dynamic. It is fuel. Um, it is something afforded to each and every living organism on this planet. Um, and with that, I think we have to approach it with that same generosity of spirit, right? Like there's enough room at the energy table for everyone to eat. Um, it is something we all need. It is like a fundamental human need and right. And any way that we can produce more clean, accessible uh, versions of energy in every form, I'm in. Plant a tree, get a solar panel, whatever. Like energy to me is the most ubiquitous thing we have on the planet. So let's start sharing it accordingly. Ah, oh, I love it. I love it. Stop. I love you. Same. Energy is all around us. See, this is a form See? of energy as well. Your aura is purple. <laughs> I've never been told my aura. Mm, oh, we should. Yeah. We have so many follow-up conversations. Yes. Uh, well, thank you for joining us today, uh, Tatiana. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. And whether we choose to believe it or not, you are one of the people changing our clean energy future. So oh my we gosh, are em that we're embracing means, it. That means so much to me. All of that energy back to you. Uh, it's so awesome to have you as a fellow soldier on the front line. And you're the favorite part of my day today. So cheers. Great cat. Cat in the background. He was loving it. You can't hear him snoring, but he's doing it. Nice. Well, until next time, thanks for joining us. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. I'd like to thank our guests for joining us today and you for listening along. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit the subscribe button and give us a rating. We'd love to hear from you. If you're interested in joining us on the grid, email us at info at zprime.com. For updates, please be sure to follow us on LinkedIn at zprime and on Twitter at zprime underscore research. This episode was produced by Ricky Murray and edited by Aria Levanti. 
Cover art is designed by Mia Dance. <laughs>